What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew, and thank you for making me part of your week. The UB Bulls barely, barely squeak by Old Dominion 35-34, and the Buffalo Bills absolutely manhandle the Washington football team. I'm going to talk about all that in this upcoming episode, so stick around and let's have some fun. How did they win that game? What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another video of Sports Talk Buffalo. The UB Bulls football team barely, by the skin of their teeth, squeak by Old Dominion 35-34. And that pushes their record to 2-2 in non-conference play. And this is heading into We are now heading into conference play. The game started out very, very sloppy for both teams. UB had back-to-back punts blocked, which set up Old Dominion in fantastic field position um, for multiple drives. However, after Old Dominion blocked a punt and then got down into field goal range, UB returned the favor and then blocked a field goal attempt, which they took in to score on the ensuing drive. And then, of course, UB went three and out and had another punt blocked. So it started very, very oddly. I don't think I've ever seen three blocked kicks in a game, let alone a single quarter. And then after that, all that hectic hectic and craziness that happened, UB took control in the first half. And they went into the half with a lead of 35-7. to seven. Now, Old Dominion came out, and, and we th- well, we thought that the Bulls had this well in hand. Well in hand. It's 35-7. The Bulls are a running team. There's no way Old Dominion's going to get back in this. They, they're, they're dominating them on, in, in every facet of the game. Old Dominion scored 27 unanswered points in this game to almost tie it up. The only reason why this game wasn't tied up and UB was able to squeak by with a win was because of a penalty that Old Dominion took after the touchdown, which moved the field goal back 15 yards, and then they missed the extra point. That's the only thing that saved UB, was that. It was an absolutely epic collapse in the second half by UB's offense and defense. UB's offense didn't help their defense because they didn't put up any more points. And that's part. That's a huge part of the problem. Now, we head into conference play 2-2. Two and two. We, we did beat the two teams that we were supposed to beat. We could have beaten Coastal Carolina. However, piss-poor time management in that game. UB got the ball with nine and a half minutes to go. And instead of trying to get downfield quickly and score a touchdown or a field goal, they just ran seven minutes off the clock and kicked it to Coastal Carolina with like two minutes to go. 
It's fucking, it was, it was one of the most frustrating things I've seen. It was a fantastic drive. If they were up by seven points, it would have, or three points, it would have been a, it would have been an unbelievable drive. But when they were down two scores, the fact that they had that drive was incredibly embarrassing and frustrating. You had fans in the stands literally screaming at Mo Linguist to run a play because he was running so much time off the clock. But alas, they end two and two in non-conference play, and they head into conference play. And they head into conference play against a very, very difficult opponent. But we'll get to that in a second. Now, there's serious concerns that I have for UB heading into conference play. The first concern is that it appears that UB, UB's defense is very susceptible to the big play, especially on the back end. There were several big plays against UB, from Nebraska, they gave up 17.8 yards per completion to Coastal Carolina, and they also allowed Old Dominion QB DJ Mack a long TD run to get Old Dominion back in the game and swing the momentum. And they also have what should have been a touchdown by Old Dominion that was dropped. So UB is very susceptible to a big play And that is something that really needs to be addressed moving forward. Another major concern that I have that I didn't think would be a concern at all this season is Kevin Marks is supposed to be their RB1, their lead back, their guy that's going to just be the man. They're going to lean on him. He's looked pretty terrible his first four games this season for UB. He's looked well, well below average. In his first four games, he's carrying the ball just 3.8 yards per carry. And yes, that includes the game against uh, their FCS opponent and the game against Old Dominion. He has just not, seemingly not been anywhere near where we thought he would be. And he is in real, real danger of losing his starting position to his backup, Dylan McDuffie. Another thing that concerns me is the Bulls' offense. Now, their offense, I've said this before, their offense is very, very limited with Kyle Van Treese as their quarterback. It just is. He's not overly mobile. You can't really run read option with him. He doesn't seem like he likes to throw it over the middle very much, and he's got an average to below average arm. However, you know, and that, that's, that is a problem with UB's offense in a nutshell. The, off, the offense averages just 18.6 points per game. Uh, outside of the 69 points, I'm sorry, outside of the 69 points, UB has averaged just 60 or just 18.6 points per game over the last three games. And they've been shut out in six of their last 12 quarters. They've been shut out in half of the last 12 quarters of football that they have played. That's a problem. That means their offense is incredibly inconsistent, and that's something that needs to change moving forward. Now, UB is going to be facing one of the best teams right now in the Mid-American Conference to open up conference play. And this week, they're facing off against Western Michigan. Western Michigan is currently 3-1 and one in non-conference play with wins over a big upset win over Pittsburgh. 
They beat San Jose State soundly 23-3, and they also shut out Illinois State. There are some keys to victory in this game, and we're going to go over them right now. Broncos, defensively, some keys to victory is Broncos QB Caleb Elby is a redshirt sophomore and has gotten off to an incredible start to the season. He's averaging 225 yards per game in his non-conference schedule, has seven touchdowns against zero interceptions. And this is a problem because I just said that UB is susceptible to big plays. And this is something that they will have to keep him in check in order to be able to have an opportunity to win this game. Another defensive key is UB will also have to will also have their hands full trying to stop running back Sean Taylor, who is averaging five and a half yards per carry. And he also adds in the element of being able to catch it out of the backfield. He has nine receptions for 71 yards. Again, another defensive uh, key to success is you cannot allow the big play. And that is something that it looks like offensively, the Broncos could target for UB. Now, offensively, the Bulls have some things that they also need to work on in order to win this game. There are some keys that need to happen in this game for UB to stand a chance. Running back Kevin Marks needs to return to 2020 form. He averaged well over six yards a carry. He looked strong. He looked fast. He looked agile. He looked like a violent runner who hit the hole hard, didn't second-guess himself, and picked up lots of yards after contact. This season, none of that. (laughs) He has looked like none of that. And that is a problem moving forward because UB is so reliant upon their run. Another thing that UB is going to have to try to figure out as we move into conference play is that they must find a wide receiver outside of Keon Williams to be able to contribute. Keon Williams is literally like their only receiver that is even somewhat reliable at getting open. He has averaged 86.5 yards per game over the first four games. He's got 346 yards, and the next closest person to him is Dominic Johnson, and he has just 158 yards receiving yards over the first four games, which comes out to 39.5. That is such a huge drop-off in terms of your one-two receiver. Dominic Johnson seems like he's better suited to not necessarily be a wide receiver, but to be a tight end. And I know they tried him at tight end and whatever. I guess they like him better at wide receiver. And I know he's a senior, but he's not getting the job done on the outside. Either that or Kyle Ventries just doesn't throw him the ball. And the next... Big key to winning this game is UB must open up their playbook. There is so many times where it looks like the exact same play that UB runs. Almost every time they throw the ball, it looks like it's either a nine route, which is a go route, a streak on the outside, or a short dig route where it's like a, you know, seven-yard curl, and he just comes in, you know, where they play off coverage, and he hits him for a seven-yard gain or something like that. 
there seems like there's no screen passes, no wide receiver screens, no running back screens. When they do running back when they do the four running back screens or however many they ran, they get completely blown up. There's no wide receiver screens. There's no seam routes over the middle. There's no post routes. There's no deep out routes. There's no dig routes coming over the middle. There's no crossing routes for two, you know, trying to get a rub route. There's looks like there's none of that in UB's offense. So their offense is extremely, extremely limited. And in order for the Bulls to be able to be successful in MAC play, Kyle Van Treese must shoulder more of the load to help spread out opposing defenses. This is not last year. You do not have to a, a stable of running backs that are going to come into this game and run for seven and a half, eight yards of carry. You just don't have that this year. You don't have the offensive line to open up those massive holes. So what happens is you have to be able to pass the ball to move the guys off the line of scrimmage so that your running backs have room to maneuver. Because it's clear that teams do not respect the Bulls' passing game. When you see both safeties down in the box, that's that's telling you that they do not respect the, the Bulls' passing game in any way, shape, or form. And that's something that the Bulls need to make teams pay for. And so far, they haven't really done that. Kyle Van Treese is averaging just 198 yards a game through his first four games. And yes, that is a slight uptick in terms of yards per game since last year where he averaged 189. However, that's just not going to be good enough if you want to compete for a MAC championship. You have to be able to be a multifaceted team. And with Kyle Van Trees under center, if he cannot come up, if he cannot figure out a way to be better, then the Bulls will be a big disappointment for the rest of this year. My prediction for this game is that Western Michigan will be too much for the UB Bulls to handle and that the Bulls offense will not be able to make up for the big plays that Western Michigan makes on offense and the Bulls end up losing 31 to 21. But that's going to do it for this video. Thank you guys for watching. Have a fantastic week. Josh Allen did what? What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another video of Sports Talk Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills manhandled the Washington football team, and Josh Allen returned to his MVP form. Now, there are a lot of questions being asked heading into Sunday's game against the Washington football team, such as, what's going on with the play calling? Have teams figured out the Bills' passing game? And is Josh Allen regressing? The Bills came out and answered all these questions with a resounding no. They rolled the Washington football team 43-21. to Buffalo had 481 yards of total offense in this game and controlled the game from start to finish. Yes, there was a little scare in there as Buffalo jumped out to an early 21 to nothing lead and a couple of big plays by Washington got them back in the game at 21-14, but it was all Bills all game long and Washington really never stood a chance in this game. Buffalo had a very, very balanced attack in this game 
as they ran the ball 33 times and passed it, or passed, had 43 passing attempts. This has paid dividends in the last two games for the Bills as obviously against the Dolphins, they steamrolled the Dolphins 35 to nothing. And in this game, they steamrolled Washington 43 to 21. Zach Moss had his second big game for the Buffalo Bills after being a surprised scratch or benching in his first game of the season. That kind of threw everyone off guard. And Breida got the start, and he looked terrible in his first start with the Buffalo Bills. But Zach Moss came back, and he ran like an angry man. And in this next game, he did more of the same. Zach Moss ran, had 13 carries in this game for... 60 yards or 4.6 yards per carry. He also caught three passes for 31 yards and a touchdown. That's three touchdowns in his last two games for Zach Moss. Two rushing, one receiving. And it looks like the Buffalo Bills are going to go with the hot hand. Whoever is running the ball the best in that particular game is who they're going to roll with, it seems like, and give the bulk of the carries. This past game, it was Zach Moss. He had 13 carries to Devin Singletary's 11. But in the game before, Devin Singletary easily had the bulk of the carries as he was running rough shot over the Dolphins' defense. And as I stated earlier, Josh Allen returned to his MVP form. People were questioning whether or not he could play in front of fans some people were. I was one of them, honestly. I questioned. I said, he, he seems like he gets, a little, he gets a little hyped up. He needed to take a step back, refocus himself, and be able to make quick decisions, fast decisions, not second-guess himself, and get the ball out of his hands with timing and accuracy the way he did last season. And in this game versus Washington, he did just that. Josh Allen absolutely picked apart Washington's defense, who was supposed to be a very, very good defense. He went 32 of 43, and if you're paying attention, everyone likes to quote the uh, completion percentage. That's 74%. He had 358 yards, four passing touchdowns, no interceptions again, and he also added a rushing touchdown. In this game, Cole Beasley was his main target and was the one who moved the chains a lot in this game. He was Allen's security blanket, so to speak. He had 11 catches for 98 yards and just dominated the middle of the field. He seemed like he was always open. And it looked like early on in this game, after a false start, I, I, you know, I, I even said out loud, it doesn't look like the Emmanuel Sanders experiment is going very well in Buffalo through the first four games, and boy, did that change in a hurry. Sanders and Allen seemed to finally get on the same page, and they connected five times for 94 yards, and two of those were touchdowns. Now, the Bills' defense has been absolutely outstanding. After 2019, the Bills' defense was top five defense in the league. 2020... Not so much. (laughs) They relied a lot on Josh Allen and the offense to carry them in a lot of games. 
And they were lucky, in my opinion, to come out with wins in some of those games. And if the Bills could ever get their defense back to 2019 form with the 2020 offense, then the Bills would be an easy Super Bowl contender. And it looks like it's bad news for the rest of the NFL as the Bills may have finally gotten their defense and offense to play incredibly well at the same time. The Bills' defense through the first three games has been absolutely lights out. As they And, and they continued in this game as they forced three turnovers, two interceptions, and a fumble, which was recovered by Buffalo. And they allowed just 290 total yards by Washington. And they held them to 2 of 11 on third downs, which means they got off the field and gave their op their offense more of an opportunity. The defense has allowed just 12.3 points per game over the first three games as they allowed just 16 points to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember, one of those touchdowns that Pittsburgh scored was on special teams. Zero points against the Dolphins and 21 points against Washington. If the Buffalo Bills defense can play like this the rest of the season, the Bills are going to be scary. Especially when Josh Allen is dropping back and picking apart teams the way he did against Washington. The Buffalo Bills just put every single team in the NFL on notice that they are for real, they are here, and they are going to be Super Bowl contenders. And as I stated, if everything clicks and if it all keeps going well for the Buffalo Bills, if the defense continues to play well, if the offense continues to play well, and the special teams continues to play well, there is no reason why the Buffalo Bills shouldn't be in the conversation for Super Bowl contenders, especially after making it to the AFC Championship game last year. The Buffalo Bills, look look out. The Buffalo Bills are for real. Josh Allen is for real. He silenced his critics in this one. He absolutely crushed it, and I expect him to be the quarterback he was last year moving forward. As long as everything's clicking, the Buffalo Bills are dangerous. And that makes me look forward to the rest of this season. That's going to do it for this video. Guys, remember to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell Notification bell so you guys never miss a video. We talk Bills, Sabres, and UB Bulls men's basketball and football right here on this page. little something for everyone. Thank you guys for watching. Have a fantastic week.